the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to The Big Silence Podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go. Mental health is my wealth. The stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seeking ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. All right. So today's guest is Mia. Hello. Hello. <laughs> She has been a friend of mine for, we were just talking about this, like 20 years. Yeah. And we met at the gym as per I meet most of my best friends. <laughs> exactly. as, as you know, I met Katrina at the gym. Also. And yeah, you. I was working at the front desk and you were at the desk across from me doing sales and we were just chatting and we started hanging out and we probably like went to a club or something. Yeah, we actually, you were the first person that ever took me on a hike. Oh. Yeah, I've like walked around. I grew up in the city in Montreal where we don't go hiking necessarily. And uh, I remember you were like, you want to go hike? And you were like, what's that? I pictured like mountain rock climbing. (laughs) I was new to LA. It wasn't a thing then. But like, I was like, sure, we can go hike. And I was really concerned about like, am I going to be able to like. (laughs) Wait, you thought you were actually going to rock climb? Where did we go to? What's that place, that hike? In Hollywood. Um, Everyone from L.A. knows what we're talking about. We can't. Uh, we're so not in L.A. if we don't know. I'm actually glad okay. we don't know. Uh, um, Frank, no, uh, not Franklin Canyon. Well, Runyon, Canyon. Runyon, Canyon. Runyon Canyon. Runyon Canyon. <laughs> yeah, we went to Runyon Canyon. And I also, it could be like the French language barrier. Same here. Or like hiking. Like I, I had you said like walking. Yeah, I would have been like, we're going on a walk. But like, so to me, I just thought it was going to be the thing. And you survived. Yeah. It was really, I remember, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like an hour long thing. And like, we kept walking. And I, I remember it had been maybe like an hour and a half. And then I had a moment where I was like, wait, we got to come back. And I, it was not in my plan of being out for like three hours. And I had to drive all the way back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did I take you, like Runyon Canyon can be like a 30 minute walk hike. Or like if the you long go one. the long way, it goes all the way around. I think we did the long way. Probably, most likely yeah. that's what I would do. Yeah. So you were like the first one. And you also were the first one that took me to get a manicure. Wow. I had never gotten a manicure. I was like 20 something. And you're like, what do you mean you've never had a manicure? I'm like, I haven't. And then we went to Hermosa and I had my first manicure there. I remember, was that my birthday weekend? Yeah. When we stayed at the when, hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Was I turning 21? Was that my 21st birthday? It was a special. I remember it being like a special number. Probably 21. Yeah, and then when we went to the kettle, and Karina was on the the kettle. Oh, where you ride the bull. Yeah. It's she, no longer there in Hermosa, by the way. It's not there, but Karina was riding the mechanical bull, and everyone was like, ooh, you were doing was so I great. Was I so good? I think it's because you're really tall. I don't know. Like You just really had like a good— you were holding on really well. Yeah. Oh. And Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer, came. So you got out and Living on a Prayer, and there were like these confettis that we had found like on this booth. I don't know if you remember. I do remember <laughs> this. And I think we knew like the manager at the bar or something. It was the, it was the bodyguard. It was the like bodyguard. The, the security guy. <laughs> and then we took the confetti. And then when it was like Living on a Prayer, we took the confetti and we threw them up in the air. And then everyone started throwing confetti. I don't know. I just— we started the party. It was like, come on. 
Yeah. So Mia has the best memory. Like, she's here in Austin (laughs) staying with me for four nights. She's never been to Austin before, and I I have promised her I will take you outside of my property. (laughs) This isn't it. I expected this is it. (laughs) This is it. This is Austin. This is it. But, you know, Mia and I have been through so much in our 20 years of friendship, and I haven't even seen you in two or three years. No, well, we no. Could, oh. every time you come into LA, like in Palm Springs, we've met a couple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that one time a year. Yeah, like once a year. But you know, like those friends, and I think it's important to point out too, as we get older and lives get more complicated, you know, you don't always have to see your friends every week. Hmm. Mia just comes here and we're hanging out and Mia loves to talk. and we'll just you know talk for hours and it's so fun catching up but I go deep I go there then I'm like what do you got yeah yeah (laughs) haven't seen you you know talked for a long time like let's let's get there and yeah through the 20 years together as being friends and you know being so young and everything that we've gone through in life and the transitions we're so able to talk about a lot of things and um, we can, oh, and also I forgot to mention this podcast is also going to be an Ask Me Anything because on my Instagram, I did do an AMA and Mia is going to host that later. But I just want to talk with Mia more about, I don't know, life's transitions and also how that mentally affects you. I mean, when we met, we were talking, I think last night about like just being so like when you're young you don't think about the future and you don't think about a lot of things. And we both are going through stuff with our parents and, you know, getting older and all the transitions and relationships and divorce. And Mia is single, by the way. Is that news to anybody? (laughs) I've been single for so long. God, I've been divorced for like 12 years now. Has it been 12? I remember when you told me that and I broke down in tears. Because I looked at you and ex-husband. Yeah. And you just had a one-year-old daughter. Mm -hmm. And I looked at you both as the epitome of love and marriage. Mm -hmm. And when I heard that, I do you remember your good memory? I cried. I was consoling you. I was like, (laughs) like, it's "It's going to be okay. (laughs) You know how many friends? No, but I'm not kidding. So many friends were crying in my arms, and I'm like, it's okay. You're, why were you the one consoling? Well, I think that I was just at a moment where I kind of had dealt already with, I knew what was coming, and I kind of mentally was ready, whereas you guys, it was kind of like the first news. And like you said, a lot of people pictured us to be that ideal couple. And when we broke up, it was like, how can I ever believe in love if they didn't make it? You know what I mean? Because we had been together for 10 years. Yeah, I think it was just because, yeah, just, you know, it was just so unexpected news, you know? Yeah. I know a lot of friends right now and acquaintances that are going through divorce or considering it right now. What is that process like? And what is the, like, moving through it? Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has completely different circumstances of why they get a divorce. There's a whole lot of history prior and something that typically triggers the divorce. And so there's people that end on good terms. There's people that don't end on good terms. I think the better way, the ideally when you get a divorce, it's two people kind of coming to an agreement that it's not the best. People are better off separately. Whereas like when it's one that want that one and the other doesn't, then it's, I could see how could that could be extremely difficult. Moving forward, I think being surrounded with a lot of people that love you and care for you and take time for yourself. A lot of people, from my experience of seeing a lot of people when they get, you know, they break up or divorce, they want to get distracted. And so Mm -hmm. they do everything to kind of step away from the issue to distract themselves. And like, they go out, they do everything that was the opposite of what their life was like. Mm -hmm. They do all the trips they've always wanted to do. They hang out with people they've never wanted to hang out. They always wanted to hang out with. They they just do all these things on their bucket list. I think it's important to do that. But I think a good way is to just really face what's going on. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge what's going on. Take responsibility into your part. Because if you don't take responsibility for a failure, you become a victim long term. 
and you always blame the other person. Whereas like once you acknowledge your part into this separation, I think it's an easier process because you can start forgiving yourself as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's really just about processing what's going on rather than pushing it away. I could see at first you want to get away, but you have to come back and just deal with it. What did you go through? Like when you finally came to that realization that this was happening, like mm-hmm. what were your feelings and your emotions and how, and you're still here and you're happy and you're thriving and you're figuring out the world. But in that moment, because I feel like there may be so many women or men yeah. that are in that moment thinking that I don't know how to go beyond this moment, what I thought was my life. Yeah. I think a lot of people in marriage end up having their identity becomes that person's wife or that person's husband. And so you lose a big part of yourself depending on how much how much you're associated with that marriage. Once you go through a divorce, you have to just really think about what it is that you're looking for and what is it that you're trying to achieve. So when things doesn't work out, you have to acknowledge the present and then you have to think about the next step. And it seems far when you think about like, I think most people in the breakup, they think they'll never be in love again. They think that they'll never have somebody that's as special to them as this person. And I think it's a very normal thing to process. But keeping everything open and just dealing with it, being surrounded by good friends, and you have to just acknowledge. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I went through a big breakup when I was 27. Hayden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. And I thought no one would love me again. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Many loves. <laughs> I know. (laughs) I know all the little loves you had. And yeah. And then, you know, by 35, I was married to Bobby. And marriage is not easy. We know that. Yeah. I think that if somebody does not look at every breakup they've ever had, whether it's relationship, work-wise, life experiences, but if all of the breakups, somebody doesn't take these learning experiences... I think it would be a big, almost like a big loss for them if they don't look back in their past to see what did I learn from this? What happened that was great and what went wrong? And just really take that opportunity to grow so that you can meet the next person. Typically, like, in order to appreciate the next person in front of you, maybe had you not been with this person before, you wouldn't have had this admiration for this person in front of you. Right? Like, let's say somebody is... I don't know, somebody's always working and somebody is, is extremely busy. You break up, you're heartbroken. It's very difficult. And then you meet somebody after that is very much love quality time in that time. And maybe had you not gone through this relationship, well, you, you wouldn't appreciate this person as much. But because that relationship lacked that, then you're like, wow, all of a sudden you see that person even more. And so when you start taking all of these experiences and coming into like, okay, what is it that I can have from this and learning? you can really kind of pinpoint more what you're looking for. Yeah. And then now, okay. Mama Mia. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a daughter and she's 14 and you're dating. What is it like dating uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a single mom? Because there are many single moms that listen and just yeah. interested in like motherhood and having kids and how you date and how you introduce and what that is like. Everyone has their own way and everyone has a way that works for them. And personally, I don't introduce anybody until I'm in a very serious relationship with somebody. My daughter has met two people in the last 12 years. Yeah. And um, that's just my choice. I think it makes it a little bit more, I think the bar goes a little higher because all of a sudden this, what you're looking for, that person has to meet more than just one standard. Like you have to Mm -hmm. think of them as like, who are they going to be? For my daughter, Mila, my daughter has a dad and he's very much involved. So she's not looking, I'm not looking for a dad for her. I'm looking for a stepdad and this positive figure in her life. And so for me, it just adds more challenges because I have to think about not just for me, but for her as well. So is your daughter open to a stepdad? 
That's actually a really good question because I've never had that conversation with her. But my ex is remarried. And so she's very much aware of like the concept of a step-parent. And... um, Well, I just remember when... So obviously my mother left our house when I was 18. And that was the only mother I knew. And then, you know, my dad eventually because of her mental health condition and she didn't want to come back home. My dad had to divorce her. And then my dad met someone new that my sister, Beth, who my sister introduced. I love Beth. Hi, Beth. I know you (laughs) listen to every episode. Oh, she's so great. (laughs) Yeah. And so my sister, Rachel, used to work at a coffee shop. I think it was called Coffee Zone. And Beth would always come in for coffee every day. And then... Oh, that's right. Do you remember the story? She set them up. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like one time Rachel was like, hey, are you single? And I think Beth was like, no, I'm dating someone right now. And then six months later, Beth came in the coffee shop and was like, hey, you asked me if I was single six months ago. And I am now. She's like, oh, I want to introduce you to my dad. And That's such a great story. Yeah. And so then they did a blind date at another coffee shop. Or maybe that was coffees. I don't know. What if? whatever the coffee shop name is in Indianapolis, Indiana. And then six months later, you know, my dad asked permission to ask Beth to marry him. But I guess, I don't even remember this because I was 18, 19. I was... Out of the house and stuff? Oh, like I was like in LA and I was... Doing well, yeah, but I guess Beth said that I was like a little nasty in the beginning. Mm. But mm-hmm. now Beth is like one of my best friends yeah. and we talk all the time. But I can see that as like a teenager Mm -hmm. and Mm. bringing in another woman after this. And of course, my dad was so kind and I don't know, polite, whatever, that he even asked if he could marry another woman and I was fine with it. But I guess I was a little defiant. That's a really very considerate thing to do. And Mm -hmm. I think that if it got to that point in my relationship with somebody, definitely I would have that conversation one-on-one with my daughter about... No, we're not talking dating anymore. Like a marriage, you're moving in with somebody and you're like making that commitment as a family. I think that's a really sweet thing that your dad did. And I think I would also go, I definitely, it's something I would do. Yeah. Just thinking about that, like with your daughter and, you know, it's a big step to have like a new person in the home. That's why, Mm -hmm. again, everyone has their way and whatever works for them is fine. In my opinion, you also get attached, I think people that would come in into my life and met Mila, I'm sure they would get attached. And so if it doesn't work out, like obviously, no, there is no guarantee if something is going to work out, right? A relationship, it's, you only know when you're 80 years old and you're looking on the couch next to you and you see this person, you could say, we've made it. Before then, there is no guarantee. It is a risk. But a huge thing also is like, I don't care if I have the most amazing connection with a man who is the most wonderful person to me, who is incredible. But if there is no connection between that person and my daughter, it will never work. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't. And I think that if somebody was very close to my daughter and she connected with him, I would fall in love even more because mm-hmm. I would see my daughter so happy with this person and somebody truly like making that connection and not even trying to make a connection. Like if you have that connection, I think that's really, yeah. So I have to be picky. So what does that look like? Okay. <laughs> Single-ish. Oh, I'm very for, single, girl. I no, no, no. I was okay. I, am, I, I know you're very single <laughs> right now, but single-ish for thirteen years, twelve years. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> Sorry. So, what does that look like, and how do you choose to date? How do you go about that? How do you realize, like, when you're not wanting to, knowing you, you don't want to rush into a relationship just because you want a relationship. No, yeah. I think the difference is more like, you kind of said it right. Like, I want a relationship. I don't need a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's very different, in my opinion. I think when you want something, there's certain things you look for in order for it to just kind of mesh. Whereas, like, if you need something, it's more of like a desperate source. And you have, you're more willing to maybe compromise on a lot of things you desire. And so, some people are like, you're single. Like, what? I can't believe you're single. Like, why? Like, I can't believe, like, no one would want to be with you. <laughs> you're like, that's not the issue. <laughs> I mean, maybe. But, like, my thing is more like being single is a choice. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's not a choice. It's because they're, they don't want to be single and they just happen to be single. For me, it's like I'm selective. And at 44 years old, I think about, like, when we were 20, the mm-hmm. things we looked for in a man. Mm. 
I don't know. What I did we look for back then? Let's go back to 20 Fun, years. sweet, fun, somebody sweet, nice, and that's it. Club, somebody cute. Like, good. There's, their expectations are very… Because we have less expectations. So they're met… It's a little easier to meet those expectations. And like, obviously, now I'm a mom. I'm older. I have to really think. I'm not looking just for dating. I'm looking for like a life partner. Yeah. And so that… It just adds more to… It makes it a little bit more harder. And like, for me, I'm very… Last night, you fell asleep watching The Bachelor. I know. Well, I'm not… I used to watch The Bachelor and Bachelorette <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And then you were like, let's watch a movie. And then we were like, let's look for a rom-com. And you're like, let's watch The Bachelor. And I'm like, I haven't watched in years. I had missed I'm the just, last episode. I know. And I was not into this Bachelor. Right. And it was also like 10 o'clock at night. And I'm we know time. that… Exactly. The, yeah. So I watched… And it was actually interesting because at the end, there were a couple girls he didn't pick. And there were two completely different reactions from these girls that actually made me think. He lets go of a couple girls. Yep. And you know how at the end, The Bachelor is really yep. dramatic. You see yep. the girl walk the walk of shame and they're walking, they look in the camera, they have they're tears. Crying, yeah. And then one says, I don't know what's wrong with me. No one ever wants to be with me. I'm going to be alone again. Why me? Mm-hmm. She walks away, goes in the limo, we're head down. The next girl, well, he just didn't see my worth. And Ooh. he is not good enough for me. And he is not my person. So I'm going to keep looking. And she walked away with her head high. And I, I was like, this is such a reality of what happens when women are single. For me, I know what I have to offer. I know my worth. I know myself, the self-love that I have for myself. And I'm very much okay until I meet that person to be on my own. Because… I always have this analogy of like, when you don't want to eat a cake mm-hmm. and your cake is really good, just the cake. Or no the pasta icing. that you made last night. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and we had it for lunch. <laughs> so let's say, picture a cake that has no frosting, nothing, right? The cake is really good mm-hmm. on its own. You don't need anything. If you're going to add frosting to this cake, it better make the cake better because it's that good, right? My analogy on this is like, I'm very good on my own. Mm-hmm. I'm, I thrive me being me alone in my world with my daughter, my friends, my work, my family. So if I bring in somebody, they have to bring more than what I already have. So mm-hmm. like when you're not, when your cake is not great, like if you go to a buffet and you're starving, you're going to eat everything you can. But if you go to a buffet and you're not hungry, you're going to be very selective on what you're going to eat, right? And so I find myself being full. <laughs> My cake is really good. Therefore, <laughs> I'm going to see, but if I'm going to taste it, it has to be something that I like mm-hmm. because I've already eaten and it's going to be really good. Like that little piece of chocolate after a meal. Mm-hmm. That just like that good chocolate. Just like, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So the analogy of The Bachelor, I'm telling you, that is like the great… It's like, are you choosing somebody? Are you letting them choose you? Right? Like if we went, if, as women, if we went out and went after every guy that chose us, I mean, we would be busy. <laughs> we would have <laughs> five right. dates a we day. We have so many options. <laughs> All women. Yeah. I'm talking every girl would have a lineup. But yeah. I want to choose myself. I also want to choose. I don't want to be chosen too. I don't, I don't want to just be chosen. I want to choose and be chosen. So then it makes it a little bit more complex. So living on your own too for this many years. Yeah. Like, how do you, I mean, not that you have the answer and you don't have to right now, but I'm just thinking to invite somebody back into your home and share a space again. Have you ever thought about that? So the last time I lived with someone was seven years ago. We were together for a couple of, year, couple of years. That's actually a really good question. You know, I see that like as we get older, we kind of have our own habits, our own ways, our own everything that we've gotten so used to doing on our own that I could see how like sharing that space and going abiding by somebody else's way of living mm-hmm. is a little bit of a compatibility thing here. I think that like the normal compatibility we're looking for in a relationship, you have, if you're at this point of being alone for a long time, you have to think, do you, are you living in a similar ways? Mm-hmm. It can be adjusted. But like for me to bring in somebody into my home, I would have to obviously make sure that this is somebody I want to be with. And the thing that I kind of struggle with also is just parenting skills. Mm. Right. Well, especially like you have the way you want to raise your daughter. That's a thing. Daughter's daddy's got a way he wants to raise daughter. 
And then you bring someone in who possibly could be could a dad. Have- That's the thing. So you're bringing a dad who has had a family with another person who has their ways that works for their kids. Let's say, for instance, you know, my daughter, we use really health. We eat healthy, balanced meals and we go to bed at a decent hour. And I don't know, she has to clean up the place, her, her room before going to bed, let's say. And then you bring in this other family that is not like that. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of an adjustment. And I guess in everything, it's compromising. But like, it's, I could see how it'd be a little bit challenging if you have kids that have had their ways for so long. And we're talking very simple things with like food and cleanup, but like there's morals of like religion. Mm-hmm. And there's morals about how do you treat people? Mm-hmm. Like when we go to, are you, are you nice to the waiter? Are you like this kid who was raised with parents that don't even acknowledge a waiter when they pour water? into your cup or do you teach manners of like this person is doing something for us you have to acknowledge them like it's so simple it's so minor and we don't think about that but I've witnessed it where I'm with people and other families and it's like there are so many nuances that come thank you like when someone pours you water I always say thank you yeah and this is the thing I personally when somebody pours water, I typically stop and I look at the person and I say, thank you. I make that eye contact. But what if you're in a moment with the person in front of you is like going to this really deep conversation. And it's like, this. I see waiters sometimes are uncomfortable. They're like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's my, it might just be like a little something like this. But I mean, again, this is where I'm just, I haven't had time to thought, think about what you're asking me. But like, it's very much… It's just all these little things, everyday life that you have to think about. Like with studying, like do you let your kid play all day? Or do you have them, you know, lock up in the room and study for a few hours? And like ultimately when you're family and you're living together, it has to just kind of balance each other. Yeah. So I don't know yet because I haven't, I haven't lived with somebody else with my daughter and other kids. Yeah. So I have to see how that goes. I don't want to use the word complicate because it makes it negative, but it, it adds a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more thoughts. Yeah. Well… This is going to be a, a question that you... Okay, what is your... I asked another guest this recently. Okay. I'm nervous. What do you mean? No, no, no. But <laughs> what is your dream? Like, what are you inviting in? What are you man if sing? Oh. <laughs> you like that? Oh. <laughs> My man if <laughs> I like that. There's good. Yeah. There should be a book called Manifesting. There, there probably is somewhere. Oh, yeah. You're right. If not, I'm taking the title. I'm not that I <laughs> have anything to write about it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's, you know, we can go on and talk forever. But if I go off of like deal breakers, mm-hmm. so there's certain things that I'm very flexible with. And I, I'm very much a person that I'm open to a new personality, new traits that I've not been used to. I'm very open to like knowing about it. But if it's uh, deal breakers, I have no tolerance for it. So like… What are the deal breakers? Well, somebody who can't connect with my daughter. But let's go before that, right? Okay. So okay. like we're talking dating here. Yeah. Like my daughter's not in the not picture. Yeah. You know, somebody who treats other people really well. Mm-hmm. If I'm at a restaurant, the first few dates, girls, there's so many ways you can little… You can see how somebody treats other people by just going on a few dates. It really is. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The way they treat the waitress, the way they treat the hostess, the way they treat the Uber driver, the way they treat the valet guy. Like, Mm -hmm. and so this is like something I don't even have to think about. It's just kind of, you see it right away, right? So like, I'm a very deep person. Mm -hmm. And so if I meet somebody and it's very much surface talk and it doesn't, there's no layers. And I'm a a type of person when I talk to someone, I, there's many opportunities where I open up where I invite people to kind of open up as well. So like, there's people that are very close and they won't naturally open up, but I make it a very safe place for them to invite them to go there. And so if I can't see that, and not on a first date, because obviously it takes a few times sometimes. So that is kind of like a deal breaker for me. I need somebody that can have like these deep conversations with and all of that stuff. Um, I mean, obviously loyalty, integrity, ethics, super important. What I look for, you know, when you have like a, electric wires in the ceilings. Mm-hmm. There's all these little, there's the red, the yellow, the white, the black. In order for like it to work, it has mm-hmm. to all be connected perfectly, mm-hmm. right? If there's one that's off, it can it won't work. So I am really looking for a lot of like oh. the connection. I need a spiritual connection. I'm extremely spiritual myself and like I need to have that reciprocated. I grew up with a 
of dad who's extremely knowledgeable, cultured, worldly. And so I'm very inquisitive. I, I like somebody who's really curious about life. I, the physical connection, I think, to me, if everything else is there, I tend to naturally, like the physical connection comes a little bit more naturally mm-hmm. because I have so much admiration already for the person that like naturally I'm like become attracted to them even more. And then I need the je ne sais quoi en français. Oh, okay, wait. Je ne sais quoi en français means I don't know what. Okay. So you know when it is like you say something and you're like, it's just like the je ne sais quoi. Okay. So like you meet someone. I've met somebody before that is not at all like somebody that I would physically be attracted to. And my friends were like, wait, him? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I saw him. I fell in love in that second. It's so weird. You yeah. would see this guy. You're like, I, you would be like, me, yeah, there's no way. It's like the je ne sais quoi. It's that just that chemistry, that thing that you can't even explain. And I, I like somebody who's a family man. And it's just very, very, very honest. Very high integrity. I think if we have, I think that's a compatibility thing. Having the same level of integrity is really important. What does a lie mean to somebody? What does respect mean for someone? What is all of those things? They have to kind of match because then you have different expectations from one another. I am calling in your manifestation. Yes. Mm. I can't see us. We're calling him in. <laughs> if you live in Los Angeles or she's willing to move to Austin too. Uh, no. I, lo- I mean, I love Austin. I don't know. I haven't really explored you know, it yet. Seen this, this, my property. That's it. The weather is great. Yeah. You know what? It will happen when it happens. That's the yeah. thing. And that's where I think I'm in a good place. Is like, I'm, I just know that obviously I have to make myself available. It will happen when it does. And I'm not going to put pressure on it. If somebody naturally comes my way, unless it's like bad for me, I'm going to explore it. I'm very open. Yep. Very flexible. You have to be flexible. Ooh. I hear what you're saying. Not doing the splits flexible. <laughs> Mia's also a very sexual person. <laughs> Silence. <'Cause> I, her <laughs> eyes were like, yeah. <laughs> Zip. I didn't mean that. Zip. All right, let's do. Let's okay, talk about right. you now. Because like <laughs> she's like, okay, moving on now. Right, okay, so I did the ask me anything on my Instagram a couple weeks ago, and so Mia is going to ask me, and she is going to make sure I stay truthful. I mean, not th- that I wouldn't be truthful, but she's gonna call out, be like, "Well, remember that?" Or I'm gonna be are- like, "Really." <laughs> All right, so (laughs) let's do like five questions and I'll let you choose. You can look through it. I printed them out from Instagram. I'm like a type of person that I need to like print stuff out to look at. And like my to-do lists need to be written down. I'm so old school, no technology. Okay. (laughs) What is your quick fix when your day is not? Not. Meaning off, I think. Is it supposed to say not off? When your day is off, maybe? Okay. Quick fix when my day is off. It's a simple question. This will be a a quick one. Going in nature, sitting outside, and breathing for two minutes. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, literally. That works for me, too. Well, and so I've been using the Calm app, as you know, because I've been having... Matthew. Matthew McConaughey. Maddie. We both... (laughs) We both go to bed every night in our separate bedrooms to Matthew McConaughey on the Calm app. (laughs) She's like, I don't know how to fall asleep. I haven't been sleeping lately. I'm like, you need to listen to Matthew McConaughey. And I'm like, Matthew McConaughey? All I picture is like him in like that surfer movie. And all right, all right, all right. And I'm like, I don't want to fall asleep to that. No, but this is it. Every night I listen to it. It's like, it starts out. Do you know yet? Do you know? Well, hello there. My name is Matthew McConaughey. And we're going to go to sleep <laughs> together. Can you cuddle me? <laughs> it works. Yeah. He's got a really soothing voice. He does. Yeah. But, so when, you're, when your day is not going great, listen to Matthew McConaughey <laughs> on the Calm app. Not sponsored, but love the Calm app. But they also have like a two-minute like breathing thing that sometimes I just put on and it's like, this noise and you like inhale, hold, exhale, like breath work. It's really good for two minutes. Yeah. And it just brings you back into the present and you have to focus on this rather than all the things that are at that moment making you not so 
feeling yeah. so great, right? And aside from Matthew McConaughey, why did I want Cor- Brad Pitt to do a, oh, one of them? Of course you do. That's but it. then I would. Let's hey, calm. If you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> we would like Brad Pitt. <laughs> Actually, Morgan Freeman. I think he does have one on. Calm. I don't know. You want to sleep with Brad Pitt? Yeah. Is he He's single? He's aging really well. He's got a new girlfriend, it looks like, and she's gorgeous. And yeah. I think I love Brad Pitt. <laughs> you think you love Brad Pitt? <laughs> I've always loved Brad Pitt. I think he's aging well. I love his humor. I think he's a great actor. And I think he is a family man. I don't know all the stuff in the mat, in the you know news. But like, yeah, I'm 44. Brad Pitt was like my Austin Butler back then, you know? Yeah. The young girl's like the… My Mila looks at Brad Pitt. She's like… Brad Pitt, mom? And I'm like, like you want to see pictures of Brad Pitt in Fight Club? <laughs> Matches of the fall. Just to throw it out there, the Tone It Up app also has some great meditations. Okay. By me. Oh, well, you have a really good voice. Thank you. With these, I feel like my, or my voice is like, oh, it's kind of weird. I'm not used to this. Okay, I'm going to go on to the next question. Okay. Is lifting the quickest way to build muscle and what skincare do you use? Oh, okay. So, elephant in the room. Karina Dawn gained weight mm. in 2020, as most people did. You either had more time because you weren't going to work and the office, so you went to the gym or the gyms were closed and so you worked out at home. You remember when the weights were like $75 for five-pound weights? Yeah. And you, you couldn't, couldn't find them. up weights like, I, I was like reaching out to my own company. I'm like, hey, can you send some <laughs> some fitness equipment for me to have at home? They're like sold out. Yeah. I was like, cool. Yeah. And I wouldn't say it was just the pandemic. Yeah. It was stress levels. My mother, which you all know, and yeah. even listening. And if you've read my memoir, The Big Silence, mm-hmm. you can get it anywhere. Books are sold. <laughs> um, it was just a lot of stress. And I did put on quite a bit of weight and everyone's like, is Karina all right? This and that. But you're allowed to have those seasons in your life. And we were even talking because you feel like you've put on 10 pounds and you're five, five? Five, seven. Oh, sorry. Five, seven. <laughs> How dare I? But, I am five, seven. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're allowed to put on weight. We're allowed to go through our seasons. We're allowed to be like, you know what? I just want pizza tonight because that feels good. And then I think my mom passed and I was like, okay, back to fitness. And I was like, okay, I started with yoga. I started hiking because nature is really important to me to make me feel good and have some sunshine and feel the breeze and the trees, hear the birds. Yoga was, you know, is and was very healing for me. And then I started weightlifting again. And for me, mm-hmm. it's like weightlifting two or three times a week, just like building that muscle, even though I'm I'm naturally like my body wants to be very lean so when I start weightlifting, obviously your metabolism goes up and you just burn fat and quicker. Yeah. And so everyone now is like, oh my gosh, Karina, you've like lost weight. What's, what are you doing? This and that. And it's like, number one, I also am choosing healthier things to eat. And um, what? Uh, what? Except for the last two nights. But I'm the bad influence. I love pasta. And we also had fried pickles. Oh. I know I have a I have a, a blister on my lip. If you're watching this on YouTube, because you can see these <laughs> podcasts on YouTube, this is a blister from a fried pickle. I blame it on me because I ordered the fried pickles. I know I, <laughs> they were so okay. good. Yeah, I know. Only in Texas you can find fried pickles, and we had fried pickles and queso for dinner. Oh man, that was a good. That was so good. And two margaritas. But do you feel? <laughs> Do you feel like you live in a world that is fitness? There's a lot of pressure. Like anybody else in real life, like we gain weight, we lose weight, and no one really necessarily like calls you out on it. But like people look at you because you're in this fitness world. Well, it's the fitness world and it's public eye. Anyone think of if Brad Pitt gains weight. I don't care. (laughs) I don't need a six pack. You just need Brad Pitt. <laughs> just read me bedtime stories, Brad. <laughs> no, I, I anyone in the public eye is always going to be judged. Whether it's weight, whether it's something you say online, whether it's are Karina and Katrina still friends because they don't live together anymore. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like you mm-hmm. and I, like 
we haven't hung out like this in years, but we're here. It doesn't mean you're not friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the question. I went on a whole tangent, but Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. And <laughs> Brad Pitt also wants to know what kind of skincare do you use? That was a, the part of the other question. <laughs> well, Brad Pitt, I'd also like to know what you're using. You know, he just uses water. He doesn't care. You yeah. know how like guys put lotion on their face? Yeah. And like it's just they put it on their hand and they just like smush it on their face. It's like so not delicate. Like their upper eyebrows on their lashes and don't and they just like don't care. Yeah, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby has no skincare routine unless it's from Costco. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually get a lot of skincare sent to me, but I can't use a lot of products because my skin is so sensitive that his yeah. bathroom. Yes, he has a different bathroom than me because I don't want to share that. I mean, if you can, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and so he's got all of the skincare that I can't use because if I use it and my skin is sensitive. So I use Skin Medica. Mm-hmm. It's like amazing. I have to. It's just I have to use like one type of product. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, my tip too, I get a lot of questions about skincare. And I also use, um. do you know New Face? No. It's like the, well, I don't know the scientific terms. It's like. Oh, a, the icy, the thing? Oh, the, no, medic- I, the roller that got the pulsing things? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know the scientific terms behind it, but yeah, that yeah, yeah. is like lifts your skin where like I haven't had Botox or fillers in a very long time. So I, I feel like Karina, just for everyone listening, <laughs> like you'll look at Karina, she'll be sitting in front of you and her skin, your skin is always glowing. And I've asked her over the years so many times, what's your skincare? Like, what is your product you're using? What's the makeup? What's your foundation? And then I buy it, but it does not do the same for me. <laughs> and so I think you naturally have a really good skin. Thanks. Yeah. Also, when I was like 15, Oprah said... <laughs> Oprah? Oprah. You know Oprah? Oprah. <laughs> what? Yeah, and Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, I, I was watching the Oprah show and someone on there was talking about skincare and they're like, always moisturize in the morning and at night. And sunscreen. So I, was, I, I, know, I, girl, I do that and my skin is not like yours. Well, and now you've <laughs> seen me use like the ice roller. That's yeah, yeah, the other yeah. thing, like Amazon.com ice roller, just like oh, deep puff in the morning, all that shit. I need to try that. Yeah. I feel extra puffy in Austin. I don't know if well, it's the air. <laughs> it's the, it's cedar fever season. I don't know. I'm not sneezing, but I look in the mirror and I'm like, I'm puffy. What the hell? <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the next question. Okay. So, ooh, favorite thing about working out with a trainer? Mm. So, I struggled a lot. Sometimes I always say therapists need therapists, trainers need trainers. Mm, I like that. And mm-hmm. I would say with my mom's passing, which is now 2021 and we're in 2020, beginning of 2023, I lost a lot of motivation and went through my own situational depression where I lost motivation to get up at my 5 a.m. time and like get out there and just go do it. So it's, I'm giving myself the time to get back into my routine. And I have needed a trainer to make an appointment with to actually show up. I love that. And no shame in my, my trainer game. Um, and I, I work out with Sandy at the collective, which I'm going to make you go there. <laughs> and um. I love her approach because she always says when you when you show up there, she knows I'm always going to be 15 minutes late because it's intentional because I don't really want to work out a full uh, hour. It makes the workout like just 45 minutes. Yeah. Minus the warm up and like the stretching at the end. Yeah. And that's where I'm at. She's like, how are you feeling today? What's your energy? How is your mood? How okay. is your anxiety? Those are good questions. And I love that, you know, the second time I trained with her, I was having a very anxious day. It was actually the anniversary, the one year anniversary of my mom's passing. And I had a lot of anxiety. And she said, okay, if you can just get in the car, drive to the gym, and we'll sit on the couch. Oh. And just 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 show up. Just show up. And then we'll go from there. And guess what? If you can show up, I don't know, if you're let's say you work out on the Tone It Up app, maybe just choose a workout, choose a meditation, and just sit there. Maybe you don't do it. But yeah. Most likely, you're going to get motivated to move your body. And then after you move your body, you're going to feel really good. Who regrets a workout? No right? I feel like the hardest part of going to a gym or working out is getting to the gym. Yeah. 
Like once you're there. Or just the motivation, even if it's an app or anything, like turn the app on and then you see your trainer on your screen working out and you're like, okay, maybe I'll just move a little. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Like you're right. The trainer is a trainer. And I also, it takes you, you're probably used to your own routine of what you typically do. And so this takes you and you start doing things that challenges you. Cause like when we're on our own, like, I don't know, like back in the day when I would get my bikini wax, it's one thing if somebody does it for you and you can handle the pain. I mean, it's painful, but you can handle it. Doing it yourself. Oh, I did it myself once and I just left the wax there. That's what I'm saying. It's different. (laughs) Doing it on yourself, you have a different level of tolerance. And like you go and you're like, that hurts too much. I'm not going to do it. But if somebody else does it, you can deal with it. And so like training, I feel it's similar. Like I'll work out on my own and I know what I can do. I I push myself a little bit, but there's this trainer I had once like made me. <laughs> I was laying near a wall, mm-hmm. and I had to be on all fours. And mm-hmm. she made me crawl back with my legs on the wall like a caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, I was like almost to the wall, and I had to like do like the bear crawl back with my legs on the wall and do that like five times. Yeah. Like, would I ever think myself at a gym like, to be no. a caterpillar Just- and think? No, I would never. But you know but what? But a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. Yeah. And then she flies. <laughs> <laughs> but like it would never be something I would think of doing on my own. Yeah. So like a trainer will get you to do these things that you would never even, that they will push you. And yeah. they always ask for like that last extra oh. one. You know when you're, at 20, you're like, okay, do 10. And then they say, one more. And then you're mentally you're already done. But like that last one is just like, like that. Fine. Yeah. Like those Bulgarian split squats. Like, fuck those. Oh, I don't like. But I don't they like make the, my butt. You have to feel my butt. Oh, like, is it? It's so solid. Here, feel. Ooh. <laughs> Wait. So with the Bulgarian uh, squats, or the with the where you hold the weight in the front, you can have a weight, or you can have one foot back. But you literally like have to shift and put all the weight in your heel, and then you only are using your glutes. Especially like me, I'm very tall. Yeah. So you want to be quad dominant. Mm. But you want to focus on your glutes. Is that so, the one when you have a leg up in the back? Yeah, yeah. Okay, leg yeah, up yeah. in the back yeah. and then okay, shift yeah. over. Like say your right leg's up on a bench or something. And then you shift over to your left. Like you move your hip. It's hard to sh- describe this on a podcast. <laughs> but um, And then you put your weight in your heel and you only use the weight of, say, your left side. And your glutes stand up and you lower. Oh, yeah. I can't do that one. I want to make you do it when you're here. It's because, you know what it is? It's because of my knee. I can't, I can't. It's co- So it's pretty much a lunge with like, your leg, a, a back lunge, right? With your yeah. leg up. It's yeah, I know that one. It's very focused on it's like good- one side and then you go to the other side. It's awful. I hate it. I don't like the burpees. <sighs> I'll do anything but burpees. I don't do burpees anymore and I don't do jump squats or jump. Yeah. Sh- you know, yeah. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we have time for one more question. (laughs) Okay, so the last one, uh, let's see here. So, okay, how did you become a meditation teacher? Chopra. So I've always been, yeah, Deepak. I love him. Yeah. Yeah, so I've always been into meditation and I've done training with TM, Transcendental Meditation. Mm -hmm. And then I wanted to take my education and experience and certifications to another level. So I trained under Chopra Global and Deepak. And yeah, that's it. I did the whole course and hung out with Dee. That is so cool. I I met the daughter once. Oh, yeah. I did on the mom's view. I did a little video with her. She's the CEO now. Is she mm-hmm. really? Yeah. And I, I was like, I felt like starstruck knowing her dad was Deepak Chopra. Yeah, he's like the most calm person ever. Yeah, yeah. I can I, see that. Interesting. Imagine having Deepak as your dad. I know, right? <laughs> That's kind of a cool. Like, yeah. 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 The next after Deepak was like a goal to me, and he actually has a quote on the front of my memoir. Thank you. Mm. Wow. Next goal is Oprah. Oprah. Can I can I like help you do your hair that day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oprah is like, yeah. And then when Brad Pitt comes over to your house, can I help you do your hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna be going to bed with Brad and Matt tonight. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you could just turn off the lights if you want. <laughs> 
Jordy. Well, thank you, Mia, for being on the pod. Thanks for having me on the pod. A little girl talk. And uh, I'm going to show Mia a little bit more of Austin other than my house. <laughs> Yeah, show me what, show me, I love Austin so far. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm. You've been hanging out with Kiwi, Kodiak, Skunk, and Cujo. I got the dogs. I got. And the, the cat. Kiko. I got the cat. No, it's been great. Thank you for having me. This is kind of nice. I kind of, I, I like watching your little videos. And so I'm excited to see what the result of this. <laughs> the result is Brad Pitt. <laughs> We're manifesting Brad Pitt. Get rid of that young girlfriend of yours. (laughs) (laughs) She's so beautiful, though. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like subscribe and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found i love you and i will see you next wednesday one two three sing it here's to radical self-love the type of love that will defeat anxiety the type of love that defeats depression this is the one life this is the moment this is the time to dig in to be who you already are the big silence, breathe and breathe out, breathe and breathe out. The big silence, breathe and breathe out, breathe and breathe out. The big silence, breathe and breathe out, breathe and breathe out. The big silence, breathe and breathe out, breathe and breathe out. The big silence, the big silence.